Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. All right, welcome to Sabres Live. It is a, uh, boy, you know what? It feels like a new chapter in everyone's life right now. I mean, this is Sabres Live, and we're going to talk hockey. Football season kicks off this week. Yep. We are, Marty, now uh, with almost within two hands of counting down to when the Prospects Tournament starts and really does launch our work into full force. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I say our work, I know you and Brian do a show every day. Um, but it, you just get that feeling. Kids are going back to school. Football season starts. Hockey's kicking off. And it's almost as if there's just this new breath of life into everything. And I don't know if there's ever been a summer that a lot of people have wished away as quickly as they can without rushing their own lifetime away. <laughs> because <laughs> everyone can't wait for the Bills to take the field against the Jets. People can't wait for the Sabres to get back onto the ice. Uh, obviously with prospects and in camp and then preseason and we roll into the regular season. So I don't know about you, but I am, I'm, I'm in that group. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. I'm going to the Monday nighter in New Jersey to watch the bills play the jets nice. for first, first time ever. Um, and then we're going to get back. We're going to get into the hockey season. And like you, every time you run into anybody in and around Buffalo, all they want to talk about are the Sabres. Who's going to fill in for Jack Quinn? When does he get back? Who's the goaltender? I mean, it is nonstop, and I love it. So a uh, great time of year. I'm glad everybody could join. Uh, glad I could make it back in time to join you, Marty. Yeah, uh, no, that's uh, it was cutting it close. You had me a little nervous, but I love it. That's no, what no, I no. usually do to the whole control room and Duffer is I will log in like sometimes a little later just to see if they're on edge, yeah. uh, just to mess with them, especially after a long weekend. But I'll tell you this. You mentioned, you know, it feels different. It is September, although we are getting some really unbelievable weather here for the next uh, couple of days, which we had the last couple of days, but it feels different. And for me, every time Labor Day came around, every time I got to the rink, because players now are going to the main rink, they're in their cities, right? Most of the Sabres are here or about to be here this week. They are going to the main rink. And they're going to work out with the strength and conditioning coach of the Buffalo Sabres. Not their trainer back home. They're working out with the team. They're going on the ice. And they're training while Don Granado and Kevin Adams are watching from the stands, right? And so for me, every time I got to the rink after Labor Day, it was training camp. Training camp doesn't start 
for another two weeks and more for the regular. The rookies are going to, the prospects are going to be here in about 10 days, but um, training camp doesn't start for two weeks. But every time you go to the rink now, it is training camp. If you just are dog poop in a, you know, like on the ice and lazy it up and not put it in Sorry, the work who? at practice. Who? Yeah. Dog, dog poop in it. Um, that's a new <laughs> Sorry, French. I thought, you, I thought the name was Doug poop. Doug, Doug Huda. No, Doug. it was no. If you're no, it, it, basically it's a, it's a, just a way to slide it on the radio and TV right now. But if you're like lazy it up and not working and just being like, yeah, it's September camps in two weeks. Like, they're going to notice. They're going to yeah. stand there, Don Granado, Kevin Adams. They're going to look down and see who's putting in the work and see who's making gains, who looks good, who's excited about the season. You're starting right now to fight for more ice time for the Jack Quinn spot. You're fighting right now, and that is important. I'll tell you this. When in 2012, 2013, we had the lockout, I was home, was, was playing with the New York Rangers. I was home in Buffalo, you know, throughout the lockout. Then the CBA gets ratified, right? And everything is good. And it says, we are going to start camp in 10 days. And camp is going to be five days. And then no preseason games will go right into the season. So I'm thinking, I got 10 days at home. I'm going to enjoy this. I got a phone call the very next day from John Tortorella. Marty, when are you coming into town? I don't know. Camp starts uh, on the January the 7th, whatever. I'll come in on the 5th or whatever. It's like, uh, everybody's going to be here tomorrow. Love to have you here. Like, oh, darn it. Like, camp's already started, right? Like, even though camp wasn't started, camp was already started. So that's what's happening right now with the Sabres. So let me ask you a question, because I think you just opened up a box of really interesting conversation right there. Yeah. John Tortorella called you. Okay. (laughs) John Tortorella's phone call back then, would it be the same as getting a John Tortorella phone call now when he's the head coach in the National Hockey League? And what was your... You know when you get a call and the blood just absolutely drains from everywhere thinking I should be somewhere because <laughs> this guy is calling me or this lady's calling me or someone of importance is calling me and I'm not there. And why are you calling? So, hey, I mean, what, as you say, I mean, well, what, what was the feeling that went through you? John Tortorella calling you is telling you you need to be here. First of all, I was the player rep, right? The NHLPA player rep on the team. So I knew the rules. So we were not mandated to be in New York uh, skating at the practice facility until the first day of camp. That's so why this is a pressure. Because, yeah, that's because this is John you. calling. So John called. Torts calling. I knew. I'm like, he started. How's the family? How's the holidays? Well, what's going on with you? How's Jacob? Because he knew Jacob well. Jacob was always in the locker room. And, uh, but I know this is all like he's buttering me up, right? And just <laughs> like drop the hammer. Um, which he did not pressure. He just said, Hey, everybody's going to be here We're, you know, they're going to skate. They're going to get organized. We don't have a lot of time to be ready. Uh, I need, I need you to be, to be prepared. You know, it's going to be a quick season. Lots of games. You're going to play. Sure enough. I didn't play a game in the last six weeks of the season because, (laughs) you know, we were fighting for our playoffs lives and it was Lundqvist, uh, Lundqvist, 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 Lundqvist all the time. But uh, yeah, you're right. You, you know exactly where this is going now. I don't know who's in town just yet. I haven't, you know, I know there's some guys that are here, but I yeah. I, I would think that this week we're going to start getting the obliga- obligatory uh, pictures of, hey, there's uh, Sabres in town, right? Sabres yep. are skating at Lee Arbor Center and they're doing their informal skates. We're going to get a list of players. 
But I would think that Don Granado is also reaching out to everybody. How's your summer? What's happening? Talking to the guys that are here. Um, you can't yeah. pressure anybody to be here earlier than what they want to do. But I would think that a week early, 10 days early, is about the time you should be there to prepare for the season. Yeah. Don Granado calls and you're at a Kenny Chesney concert. And Don just happens to say, oh, you, sounds like you're listening to your Kenny Chesney uh, <laughs> on, your, on your phone. <laughs> for really loud and there's a lot of people there. You must, must be, be working fun. out right now. It's you nine must be o'clock working at out night. to your Kenny Chesney or whatever. <laughs> <you're>... <laughs> okay. Well, when that workout's done, you think we'll see you soon? I mean, uh, you know, we're thinking of getting the guys together. I think, you know, it's bad when you talk to the coach and then an hour later you get a call from the GM, right? Like that yeah. means the conversation did not go well. And the coach went to the GM and says, we need to talk to this guy. I didn't get the Glenn Sater call after the John Tortorella call, right. which was okay. That's fine. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I let him know I'm having a good time enjoying my kids. I think I knew at that time that I was ready to retire pretty soon. Do you off the top of your head? And if you don't have a story for that, that's fine. Uh, did you ever make a call to a teammate to say, um, I think you should get here today or is there a teammate? Remember that the guys were thinking, you know what? He's not here. We better give him a shout. Even though, as you say, we're not obligated but coach is looking around and people are talking that uh, we're not sure he might be here in a couple of days. Not for a week or two before training camp, but I do remember, I think it was Brendan Dubinsky was holding out the one year and I had been there. I had, I, I held out a month and a half, my, my second year, I think it was 2000, 2001 yeah. uh, with the Buffalo Sabres contract dispute, did not sign, did not go to camp, did not miss a month and then rejoined the team early November. So it was it was a tough, you know, period, but I learned. And I remember, I believe it was Brendan Dubinsky holding out. And I remember calling him and saying, hey, listen, just so you know, like camp is going and it's going well. Um, I don't know what's going on with your contract situation. And I hope that it works out. But if you feel like it may get resolved in four or five days from now, try to get it done now. We have a few preseason games going on, coming up. Like, we definitely need you to get up to speed. And I don't want to tell you, go sign whatever's on the table. Like, yeah. you do what you got to do. But if you feel like it's going to happen, well, make it happen now. Like, uh, tell your agent not to go on a two-day vacation and say, hey, we'll talk on Monday when it's Friday. Like, get it done Saturday or Sunday, right? I, I remember having those type of conversations um, because, to be honest with you, like I was skating with Michael Pekka when I held out in 2000 after the 99, 2000 season, um, you know, the summer of 2000, I'm holding out Pekka and I are skating out at the Northtown center. And I remember Pekka telling me by the time it's October, like Marty, your situation is different than mine. You probably should look to join the team ASAP. Right. He's like, mine's going to be a little longer, but he had been around the league a long time. So he had done that for me. I was trying to do that for some other guys. I wonder, well, I mean, to that point, is it different for a goaltender making that stance than a position player? Or is uh, well, it, it, well, a position player? Yes, is. it's different, but how? That's a better question for you. And also, it depends. Are you a leader on the team, right? And I right. felt like, uh, uh, for me, that year, I wasn't a leader on the team. We had great leaders. Dave Anderchuk came back. Uh, you know, we had Hashek there. We had, you know, so many guys that, that Stu Barnes was there. We had so many guys that were important to the team or was he there yes he was there that year uh but at the same time you know 
I was a leader then with the Rangers and needed to be able to help that. So I would think that I'm going to take an example here. I don't know if he's in town. I haven't seen if he's in town yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if a guy like Victor Olson was showing up the, the day before training camp, that would be one that if I was a veteran and a friend, I'd say, hey, make sure you're here a little early. Make sure you're here a week or 10 days ahead and get on the ice and show everybody like you you want that Jack Quinn spot. You want to be top six forward. You, like, those are the type of guys for me that have something to gain by the 10 days before training camp and not just when training camp starts, you're you're being evaluated before them. Yeah, you know, in Victor's case, I really hope he's confident in himself. I mean, I know he is from an offensive point of view, but as you state, there's a business that goes around with the game too. And there are always conversations that you find yourself a part of that might even surprise you because you think you're doing everything from your viewpoint that you are basically being paid to do, which in his instance was... Uh, he broke into the league and he scored goals from that face-off circle. He's a power play specialist and and it worked for him. And then all of a sudden um, the other aspects of the game kind of, as they always do creep up and, and remind you that you need to do uh, a little bit more than and we all do in all of our jobs where it's like, yes. I'm going to push myself a little bit more. So I can certainly speak for myself and saying, I really hope that he does come in. You want every player to have a fire under his belly, but I think for me, I really hope that he's he's got this confidence about him that he's always had um, and he's able to find that next level and that he has been able, if, if there has been any outside noise in his view, that he's not paid attention to it. Because I can tell you pretty much from, I'd say, 95% of the people that I've spoken to, um, they bring up Victor Olsen to me and it's a player that they're very interested in because they're 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 hoping that there's a ceiling there that he's not yet met and is this the is this is the season where maybe and the push that is necessary that's going to maybe like we saw with Casey Middlestad that other side of Casey kind of lit up when yep. he had the opportunity and got healthy so um yeah that's I think I it's say, there's okay. there's certain players like Casey Middlestad's very polarizing in the sense that he's got such high end skills and you can yeah. see him developing into a, a, a fantastic player but you always are are wanting more. Right. And I think he got to a a certain level last year that makes you believe that he could get there. Victor is the same way. It it always leaves you like, Oh, I want, I want more for Victor. But again, his stats and everything that he's been able to, to provide shows that he's been able to do it. So it'll be interesting with those two. Um, But you talk about Casey Mills that like Thomas Vanek for me was one that he showed up 10 days before camp. And he would be waiting at the far blue line for breakaway passes. And, you know, like guys would yell at him. How about you work out? Uh, you work a little harder. Like we're getting ready. It'd be like, whatever. But he'd still be the same Vanek whenever he stepped on the ice and we performed to a high level. Right. And you're like, okay, well, it's Thomas Vanek. And that's who he was. So you can't change people, but you can hope that when there's an opportunity and and a chance to be able to prove something that you're going to take it. So that's what is happening right now. I feel like in the, in the early goings of September, the rookies are obviously going to fight it off at the, uh, the prospect challenge. And that's going to be fun on Friday, Saturday, and Monday uh, with fan fest on the Saturday, the 16th, that's going to be awesome. But then as soon as camp starts, it's a big boys and let's see who wants it more. Well, and and therein lies the benefit too, right? For and there's many of them for what the Sabers have managed to do. And when you read all of the breakdowns of who has the best prospect or talent pool, however, whatever yeah. phrase you want to use, 
therein lies the benefit. You you would know better because you played in that situation where somebody else is right behind you all of a sudden, where maybe for a couple of years there was, well, it's just the two of us here, so I'm good. But then two years flies by quicker than you know. All of a sudden, there's a pipeline of guys. And that's what yeah. Buffalo has now. And to your point, I mean, it, it takes one or two people to start shining and all of a sudden catching the attention of coaches, management, ownership, everybody is involved and everybody's watching with a very keen eye now about the future, not just the now, but the future that can be part of the now sooner rather than later. And obviously there's a temptation to make those moves really quickly. That's something Kevin Adams has managed to kind of just temper and make sure everybody is allowed to mature at their own pace and and not put a timeline on any specific player. But to that point, that's where I'm thinking about, you know, someone again, like Victor sitting there thinking, look, I have the experience. I have the talent. I've proven I can score in this game. So what is it that I have to keep proving? Well, that's got to be conversations, obviously, with the coaching staff and everybody else. Listen, well, the- I have to admit, I'm not like, tell me what it is you need for me yeah. and I'll give it to you. Right. And don't sit around acting like you know what it is, uh, because now you all of a sudden have not one guy, not two players, not three players knock on the door. You've got a crop of players on that in that farm system and feeder system all of a sudden that you could plug into a game and they could start learning at their pace. But so. funny enough, 20 years ago, you used to be able to just kind of shield that out. If yes. you didn't go to the grocery store, to the magazine section and picked up the hockey news or the the the, the whatever, the NHL magazine, you didn't know the prospects who was coming to push and what the, if the Sabres were top ranked in the prospect or last ranked in the prospects, right. but now with social media, everybody knows everything. So that's happening uh, quickly because I know we, it's already Tuesday afternoon. I was going to say morning. We're already 15 minutes into the show. Um, and, and we could talk about this all, all afternoon, all week. Right. I mean, the fact that it's September, that training camp is here, that the season is, a month and a week away on October 12th when the Sabres open up against the Rangers. But, hey, individual single game tickets are now on sale. So you can go on Sabres.com and buy just individual game tickets. So that is happening. And also the Sabres tweeted this morning, they are going to have uh, theme nights again this year. So, you know, there is going to be Alki Fights Cancer Night. There is going to be... Um, you know, a military appreciation night. There is going to be pride night. There is going to be all of these. The players are not going to wear special jerseys because the league is not allowing that. But we are going to continue the team nights. So this is going to be a great step forward. Also, the Sabres will bring the black and red this year. 15 games, Dan, 15 games. Last year, the Sabres were 10-1-1 in 12 games in the black and red. So you know what? Maybe if they would have won at 15 games, they would have made the playoffs, right? I think that's what they're yeah. saying this year. Like, hey, let's put that on our side. Let's be evil, as Rasmus Dalling said. There is no doubt that when that group, this specific group, this generation of uh, young players coming up, and then in, I'm including everyone on that roster because younger than we are, um, there is something when they put that red and black jersey on, black and red. And um, 15 games, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, you win all 15 of them, and I think you're golden. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, if you go 10, 2, and 3 or whatever, I think no, you're – No, 15. You're, you're winning all 15. 15. You're, okay, you're, well, you're that would be – that would be very, very good uh, if yeah. if you do all 15. They transition. They transition well, you know what? This, this this different kind of – I don't know. It's like a, mo- a movie creature all of a sudden that you just can't defeat. 
this is a, a great thing. great segue into uh, what we've been doing this summer, Duffer and I and Dan. I love that you're on today because we can do it. It's Teams of the Day. And we are wrapping up Teams of the Day, the segment with W's today uh, with the Washington Capitals and the Winnipeg Jets. But because Duffer is usually the Sabres historian and he's not here today, he recorded a couple of little, I call them the Canadian heritage moments. Remember when they used to play on TV, the Canadian heritage moment? They were like minute, minute and a half vignettes or whatnot. Yeah, but Duffer wouldn't record a Canadian heritage moment. No, he, he would not. It's a Buffalo Sabres heritage moment, I'm going to call it. it and it's a little a, longer yeah. than a minute. Uh, but the Sabres could do in black and red, what the Sabres did to the Washington Capitals in the early going, because everybody beat up on Washington when they first started. So for oh, yeah. this Jack Lynch, team, thanks you for that. Uh, I know, thanks. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but for this team of the day, the Washington Capitals, we're going to toss it to Duffer and his three and a half minutes on the Buffalo Sabres history with the Washington Capitals. Marty, I want to start with a birthday greeting, a former Sabre draft pick. He was Vasily Glotov, seventh rounder back in 2016. He got into three games with the Amherst in his time. He was mostly with Cincinnati. He's been playing in the KHL and continues to do so now. But he was one of the great infectious smiles after being drafted by the Sabres and was always a kid that people were rooting for. And he certainly seemed to have a lot of deep love for this organization. Stacking W's at the end, we hope, of course, that's what the Sabres are planning to do when they get into the playoffs this year. But it's also how we are concluding our Teams of the Day segment, stacking the W's and starting with Washington, an elite team of the last 15 years. Look, this this squad has been top three in the NHL in that period of time. They have their Stanley Cup win from 2018. They still have Ovechkin. But, man, were they terrible in the early days. I mean, when they came in close to the mid-'70s, everybody was feasting on them. The Sabres in the first 16 years versus the Capitals went 41-9-9. and nine. Now, in the most recent 33 years, it's a lot closer to 500. The Sabres are 53-49-16. and 16. But you get the idea here, just how hard it was for Washington, how long it took them to gain respectability, and then obviously once they did – They've been one of the front runners in the NHL. Uh, Ryan Miller, uh, best of the bunch as far as wins against the Caps. He went 15 and 11. Hoshik must not have had much run support because he went 10, 8, and 3 despite a 940 save percentage and 189 goals against. But it's the 70s and 80s tandem of Solvay and Edwards that really took advantage of how bad the Capitals were. That Vesna duo in their careers combined against Washington, 19, 1, and 5. That's absolutely ridiculous. Marty, solid numbers, 9-6-1 and one as the Sabre versus the Caps, but I think we have to tip the cap to the scorers overall. 45 different Sabres have more have A or more than a point per game against Washington in their career. Now, listen to this list of notable players. Jody Gage, Brian Engblom, John Thomas, Sergei Petrenko, Brad Brown, Tori Mitchell, Will Butcher, Bob Hag, Anders Bjork, Tyson Jost, Ilya Lapushkin, Tony Tanti, Miko Makala, and Paul Shahura. And yes, the Perros and Gares and others of the world are a lot closer to the top. Uh, Buffalo's first ever 14-goal game. We were talking about this last week when RJ had that memorable 14-goal night call against the Toronto Maple Leafs in a 14-4 win. Well, his first go-around with it was against the Caps, little early Christmas present, 1975, 14-2 
At the odd, Buffalo crushed the Caps. Martin and Garrett, five points each. Perot, Stanfield, loose four each. Spencer, Jacques Richard, and Jim Schoenfeld, three points apiece. The Capitals, though, have the only playoff series win between these two teams. That, of course, was a six-gamer. Happened in the conference finals in 1998 before Washington and Ola Kolzig would want to lose the Detroit in the Stanley Cup final. We will force Marty to talk a little Winnipeg later on here on Sabres Live, or is it? <laughs> 14 yeah, to st- 2, Dan. 14 to 2. Could we get one of those 14 to 2 nights so you can call like 14 Sabres goals? That would be awesome. Hey, I'll take two one wins all season long too. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of numbers we just had thrown at us, and they're they're yes. good numbers for historians that that want to tell that side of the story. Um, what are your Capitals memories when it comes in relation to their relationship oh. against the Sabers or Sabers uh, fandom? You know what? What's fun about doing these segments is sometimes I don't think about it, and then it comes to me. I remember a preseason game against the Washington Capitals here in Buffalo where I tried to fight Craig Billington. Like, Billington was a little guy, but he skated all the way down, and he tried to come after me. It was I must have been feeling really, really good about myself to try to get in a preseason fight. Um, wasn't it Ryan Miller and Jonathan Bernie, newly retired Jonathan Bernie, that got in a fight in preseason Toronto Buffalo one year. That was the John Scott Phil Kessel thing, I believe. So anyway, that um I remember we um uh I remember the Ovechkin goal and and it wasn't even me, but it's just one that everybody's gotta remember, right? And I remember it most because my brother called me after that game. So the Washington Capitals in 0506 are in uh, Arizona playing the Phoenix Coyotes and Ovechkin beats Brian Boucher on the toe drag, b- falling backwards, backhand, right? And my brother was playing with the Washington Capitals and he called me after the game. And listen, the, the time difference and everything, it was 1.30 in the morning when he called me and he's like, did you see what just happened? Because he was playing with Ovi and the Washington Capitals and he was actually on the bench when that happened. So um, that's one of those memorable Washington moments. I don't have much about the actual Washington Capitals uh, franchise overall. Yeah. Especially at my time in Buffalo. Yeah. And it's interesting because for this generation of of Sabres fans growing up around their team, and when you talk about the Capitals and and the history, it's all going to be about Ovechkin, right? I mean, there are other players that are definitely contributing. I mean, Backstrom is probably the quietest um, star player that we've seen in the league for quite some time, to be honest, um, depending on what the likes of, uh, maybe a couple of current Dallas Stars players will do with their careers only a couple of years in. But that being said, um, it's an interesting history for the Capitals because it's at a point now where you wonder if it's a history, although it could be all-time changing history if it works yeah. out for number eight. Could it also be a history that is chased with um, a real price tag attached to it? And that, of course, is you know turning over your roster to stay up with younger, faster, and, uh, you know, teams that are cycling their way through into a position of being a constant. And that's not to say that the Capitals are not, but they're certainly in a different wow. a different time of their history right now. So they're to me, it's paying, interesting to watch. They're still paying Ovechkin $9.5 million for three more years. Nick Baxter, 9.2 for two more years. Now they're looking to trade Evgeny Kuznetsov at 7.8 for two more years. Uh, you know, they're committed to John Carlson for three more years. Like this is a Washington Capitals team that is still thinking they're in there. They're number eight 
uncap friendly in their uh, in in payroll right now. When it comes to the National Hockey League, they're not thinking. They're rebuilding. They're not going back to the bottom. They're staying at the top right now. They're trying to keep that working. They changed their coach this year, so they're hoping that a new voice is going to make that happen. Yeah. Oh, I remember of one more. Um, my moment against the Washington Capitals, my first <laughs> ever playoff series. I know those watching on MSG are not going to like this because it was my time with the Philadelphia Flyers. So if we got the clip, we can run it. It's overtime. Game seven, tied 2-2. We are on the power play. Danny Briere lost the draw, but we ended up winning it because Jeffrey Lupo got to the puck in the corner before everybody else. Shot from the point. Cristobal UA did not control the rebound well, and Jeffrey Lupo scored. I was just skating as fast as I could down the ice. Can you imagine? Like my first playoff series as a starting goaltender, we're up 3-1 in the series against Washington. That's in 08. And we lose game five and six, just to have to go to Washington for game seven and we win in an OT. So that's my... Yeah, and a good player too. To have a Joffrey Lupo reference on the show, um, there might have to be a little education for this generation of fans too, but that was a very intriguing player when he was on. He was, uh, and I'm Ducks. Jeffrey Lupo was good. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers Lupo was good. And then after that, it didn't go so well in Toronto and everything else. But, uh, Tom Pody was in the penalty box. He took a tripping penalty in the neutral zone. What was the most interesting thing you remember about Tom Pody? Well, that look was interesting as he sat in the box. Yeah, that was that was pretty bad. But Tom Pody was allergic to about every food you could find, but could eat anything on the McDonald's menu. That was like the one interesting thing. Like he was allergic to everything. They had to cater to him special meals for post-game meal, wow. plain meals, everything. But he could go to McDonald's drive-thru and order anything on the menu. So he could not eat, I don't know, sweet potatoes and corn. Yeah. Or he could not eat chicken and uh, barbecue, whatever. He had to be special. It was, it was, it was very interesting. That was the yeah. whole thing everybody knew about Tom Pody. Oh, so, there should be but... a book out about that. That's uh, there'd be some people who <laughs> you could go ahead and that. write it. That would be yeah. like two page for me. <laughs> yeah, what I what I couldn't eat by Tom Pody. Yeah, yeah, well, that would be a long list. That'd probably help a lot of people out there, Marty. You got to think of the big picture, right? Yes. Uh, speaking of the big picture, when we come back, uh, we're going to take your picture uh, with another, of course, uh, W team shortly. As Duffer will get back with more of what he has to say, and we will also. Um, Remind you once again about the single game tickets coming up uh, on for sale now for the Buffalo Sabres. When Sabres Live continues in just a moment. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.